This is the Patriots Drive Podcast. We are all Patriots. Where we discuss, analyze, and answer questions to all things happening in the NFL and with our New England Patriots. Now, here's your host, Cole Kelly. Let's go! Welcome into another edition of the Patriots Drive Podcast. Patriots were defeated by the Houston Texans in preseason game number one, but not a whole lot of real starters or key players that were contributing in this game. Uh, obviously, some of the rookies, some of the younger guys got some snaps, and we got to see a little bit of what some of those guys were made of, and we'll touch on all that. Um, but I just wanted to apologize for the, the mic troubles <laughs> last episode. I know a lot of people were really upset about that. Uh, but hopefully it sounds better this this podcast and if you guys hear something funky then just type in the comments let me know don't be don't be dinks about it but just uh <laughs> you know type something nice and let me know but i'm here with my co-host jace campbell how's it going jace it's going good the only thing that was more sickening than your mic being um bad was the patriots performance i'm sick of this team i'm done with them already this year it yeah. was so abysmal yeah. i i don't even think i'll watch another patriots game with them or watch another patriots game this season it, it was so bad so yeah no i'm, I'm that's totally the podcast guys well thank you no I'm, I'm totally joking but um it was good you know obviously uh a little hard to watch at times just not having you know mac jones um kendrick Bourne, Devonte parker some of the starting offensive linemen out there but you got to see a lot of young guys and you got to see a lot of dudes that have um intrigue intriguing traits um play some meaningful snaps and a good amount of snaps so um, we'll, we'll get into those, the good, bad, and the injured and stuff, and um, get kind of your guys' thoughts too. But um, what were your takeaways as a whole of the game? You know, first time we've seen the Patriots in action against um, an actual opponent this season, not just themselves, not just uh, training camp. So what were your thoughts on, you know, the game, the video board maybe? You know, that was the first time seeing the video board. I know you saw it in person from the outside, mm. but that thing is massive, bro. Yeah, even from the inside, I, we – saw it but it wasn't fully turned on yet because they hadn't unveiled it but um yeah i mean it, it was good to see the patriots back playing football obviously it wasn't the the true patriots but we got to see a couple guys that we saw last year just kind of my overall thoughts not getting too much into the good bad injured portion yet but um Jalen mills I, I like him i like him my safety I, I thought that was nice um i agree with red patriot here uh New Jumbotron looks amazing. I wish they took up a little less of the space with advertisements, but um, it looks like during replays and stuff, those are not as much in the way or anything. So uh, that's good. But yeah, I like Jalen Mills at safety. I thought some of the young guys looked pretty good, looks better than I expected. Um, and I thought there were a couple, couple good signs for some of the other young later drafted players this year that uh, based on their snap count. So um, those are kind of my general overall thoughts without diving too deep into it. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but I think the offense struggled at times, which we didn't really expect them to be lights out. Even if Mac Jones and the starters did play, Bill O'Brien kind of held his hand. You saw a little bit of changes in the offense, a lot more RPOs and stuff. Offense wasn't showing exactly what they're going to be, just, you know, they're working on certain things. Um, but there were some individual performances that were good and some individual ones that were a little bit disappointing. Uh, that's what we'll dive into here shortly. But yeah, I mean, the Jalen Mills move so far looks to be like the right thing. I saw him make a great TFL in the backfield. Obviously, he had that first interception. So I, I'm excited for that move. Um, hopefully, it bridges the Devin McCourty gap right there. You know, 
that guy had been there for so long for us, D-Mac in the uh, secondary and been a vocal leader and a leader with his play and stuff. So hopefully Jalen Mills is able to step in because he's played a lot of meaningful football um, at both Philadelphia and here. So he's kind of the veteran guy of that group, and hopefully he steps in and bridges that gap for the Patriots, and he's able to continue to keep that play at a high level. That that would definitely make this defense continue to be what I think will be a top-five defense, but that will help them in the secondary um, not rely on some of these younger guys to just come in right away and start a ton of snaps and um, you know expect them to be as good as Devin McCourty was. So yeah, I, I did think it was a little surprising seeing him get as many snaps as he did. Yep. But maybe that's just him getting back into the swing of things as far as the safety world goes. Uh, MA football guy, what's up? Um, yeah. So I I think it's interesting. I I definitely like him a lot better back there. I love the energy he plays with, and I think him just being a guy who can roam around, and um, I think that's kind of where he belongs. I think that's definitely better than covering wide receivers is not as much as Forte. So being physical, uh, being athletic, making plays on the ball, that's kind of more what Jalen Mills is about and what he thrived in with Philly. So I definitely like seeing him there. He looks a lot more comfortable. Yeah, and what was interesting, too, is they also they didn't just keep him back at free safety. He lined up in the slot. He came off the edge at the defensive line to get his TFL on a little blitz. Um, he was in the box for 15 snaps and stuff. So he, he they kind of used him like we think they'll use Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips. Maybe they just look at all their safeties and say, all these guys are so versatile. You don't have a true free safety like Devin McCourty and a true strong safety um, like some of the great ones in the NFL. You're just going to be able to mix and match what you do and coverages and blitzes and stuff off of what you want to do if you want to bring it from the field from the strength whatever these guys are so versatile and you've seen it already and we didn't even see mark Mapu, but we know what kyle duggar can do we know what adrian phillips can do and we saw a little bit with jalen mills and a little bit of snaps he played and him playing kind of all over the secondary um and the box they're probably going to use these guys interchangeable and you're going to see a ton of different coverages and maybe every week or every play or every series, there's someone different in the post. They're going to have a game plan for each and every one of these opponents. And it'll be very interesting to see how they're able to use this and disguise some things. I think Bill Belichick will be able to use a lot of creativity in his defense like he already has, but you know, now you have safeties that can play linebacker and fill holes and blitz and, you know, be effective off the edge and, you know, get interceptions. So, this is going to be an interesting defense for sure. And I, I'm really excited to see how the safety rotation goes. Yeah, I am as well. And uh red Patriot, we will, we will touch on Malik. He'll be coming up here shortly. I'm sure. But um sticking on the defense side of the ball, let's, let's jump right into the good. I mean, I think the first one that everybody's going to talk about Keon white, like not miles Bryant. Boston. Uh, yeah, said yeah, it. yeah. That's my, uh, miles Bryant was the first person that popped in Boston headlines head. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Keon white though. Uh, he was he was a monster. He was all over the place. He was impacting every single play, even when he didn't get through the line of scrimmage and and put pressure on the quarterback. He was making a play on the ball. He got he got blocked, and then I think the quarterback chipped uh, did a check down to the running back, and then Keon ran back and tackled him short of the first down marker. He was just he was all over the place, and then that fumble that he forced that was kind of already a fumble, but just he was. Anytime you look at the play, Keon White was somewhere very close to the football, and it, it was just awesome to see. I think I think it's a great sign for early on making that much of an impact. I also love the 99 on him. I think that yeah. looks really good. I hope he keeps it that way. Um, but Keon White was a monster. He he was definitely the first good on, on my list. No, for sure. I thought that he kind of stole the show 
for the whole team, maybe the best one out there, but he mm-hmm. registered an, almost an 89 defensive grade on PFF, three total pressures, one hit, two hurries, a tackle, or three tackles, one assist, and obviously the forced fumble. But what was so unique about him, again, the versatility. He lined up from different positions on the defensive line. Sometimes he was head up on the tight end. Sometimes he's inside the tackle. Sometimes he's outside the tackle. He did a lot of those things very well and very effectively. Now, again, it's preseason game one, but you, you look at Josh Uche, Matt Judon, possibly moving Keon White a little bit more inside to maybe take on a guard or something, um, and then him and Barmore rushing from the interior. That could be a mean, nasty third-down package, and I'm really excited to see what Keon White continues to do. A lot of people forget, too, this dude played college football at Old Dominion as a tight end. He didn't start playing um, defensive until he was like a sophomore and then transferred to Georgia Tech and stuff. So this guy's still very raw at the defensive line position. Bill Belichick's going to get everything out of him. And, you know, there was a little bit of hesitancy when we took him at first. I was kind of like, ah, you know, we we always seem to get these edge rushers that are just here for four years and, you know, kind of flake out. Ronnie Perkins. Yeah, Amphrey Jennings. Jennings. Yeah, I mean, you've had these guys before. And they had huge talents, but Keon White looks to be kind of the opposite where he was so raw and has so much talent, just physically uh, gifted, that – He's probably going to be the best one. We already saw it, um, so I'm already excited to see him. And the dude just looks like a killer out there. Like, he just looks like an absolute monster of a man. And I'm excited to see what he continues to do for this team. And I think he's going to be able to set a mean edge in the run game and be able to get to the pass rusher um, in the uh, pass rush game and create some havoc alongside of um, Uche and Judon. That's the thing is, like, you draft this guy and you don't have to, you don't ask, you're not asking him to be the number one pass rusher. You already have two pass rushers that had 10 plus sacks last year on this team. And you have Christian Barmore, who I think can develop into a great third down pass rusher. So you're, you're asking this dude to just come in and wreak havoc in one-on-ones. And I think he can do that for sure. And kind of like you mentioned, what was so, I thought what was encouraging as well was seeing him line up in so many different spots. I mean, he lined up on the outside on both different sides on the interior. He was all over the place and he was creating chaos from every single spot so i thought that was encouraging and like you said those different packages with all those guys super exciting um and and just to kind of tip my cap to one of those guys we just mentioned as being kind of a second uh second day bust was anthony jennings he actually had a really good day he he looked good out there as well so i just wanted to give him some props for that but uh keon white Definitely stole the show as far as the defense goes uh, and early on of actual contributors. Very excited to see what he can do and uh, mix and match him in there with some of our other defensive linemen because th- that can definitely be a dangerous group up front. Yeah, definitely could. Every Jennings, he's probably a down-the-line guy, but I think that he still has a ton of talent and he's able to bring depth. He's probably going to be a special teamer, but to see him you know, at least have some success in the preseason, yeah. he had one total pressure. It was just to hurry on 30 snaps and stuff, so... I think that that's a little bit um, exciting for Patriots fans because up to this point, you've really got nothing out of him. And, you know, if you can just get a little, you know, some production on defense, you know, maybe five sacks throughout the year and, you know, a good special teams guy, you, you probably say, ah, oh, you know, yeah, you, you probably reached for him or he didn't pan out for what you thought he was, but at least he came on and, you know, he, he contributed a little bit for um, the Patriots. So um, let's talk about the other rookie though. Christian Gonzalez cornerback started um, on the other side of uh, well, you know, the other rookie that started other than Keon white and stuff, but he looked good. I mean, he didn't just absolutely lock down guys, but he had that great play where, yeah, they make a catch on him, but he's able to punch the ball out too bad. It rolls out of bounds. 
but he's able to make a play right there. Um, and then, you know, just cool, calm, and collective under uh, under coverage. The one thing I got to say, 19 looks so bad on him. If he wears 19, I'm going to baby barf. That was that was one of the things I was going to say on the bad list was he needs to change that to zero. What that is so hell? bad. Why? Wait, oh. it, everybody was so excited. People were pre-ordering Gonzalez zero jerseys like, yep. and this is this is where you go with 19. Where did that come from? So, oh, he, so he can still change it. I hope he does. But there's no reason he couldn't have taken zero in my mind. Right. There's nobody's nobody is zero nobody's, right now. No. So I, I don't understand why he why he didn't want to do that unless it's like a Patriot rule or something. But I felt like that would have been mentioned at some point. But yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he looked solid. I, I didn't I didn't think he stood out one way or the other um, on that ball. He did get beat, but then you see him recover and force that fumble, like you said. So that that was good to see. I think he looked really smooth in coverage and some of his other reps. He just looks poised out there, uh, which was good. I, I I wasn't I didn't really feel one way or another. I thought I thought outside of one or two snaps, he looked he looked good. He looked the yeah. part. So we'll see how he does coming up. In the next couple of weeks, he's got, like you said, Christian Watson this week. I think, right against. Yep. I think we play Christian the Packers. Watson, the Romeo Dubs. Uh, yeah. He'll have a, he'll have a good test this week. Yeah, and then after that, you got Traylon Burks and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So, yep. a lot a lot of good tests to hopefully get him ready for AJ Brown Week One, uh, which is our assumption that he'll he'll be on him. But yeah, I thought I thought Keon White looked great. I thought Gonzalez looked pretty solid. I thought he looked looked the part. And um, usually, if a corner doesn't stand out too much, that that's a good thing. So. Uh, not not hearing his name called too many times in a bad way is is certainly good, but um, I think he'll only get better as as he gets more comfortable. And once he changes his number, that should probably help too. Hopefully, I mean it's like that one concept: look good, play good. Well, he doesn't look very good in nineteen, so you know he just had an average day. Let's get him in zero or something and let him play good and yeah. you know, play the the part and stuff. So, um, anyone else on the defensive side that kind of stood out? Um, I mean, I didn't think that there was a ton of you know, we already mentioned Jalen Mills. Um, I do. I do have one thing I want to mention. Yeah. Um, and this wasn't even somebody who played. But. Just seeing uh, Mapu on the sideline talking to Steve Belichick yeah. in, in that way with the tablet or whatever he had and taking notes. And it seems like based on some of the reports and stuff, they want him to be a green dot guy in the future. Maybe not this year, but the knowledge that he's soaking up and him being so attention to detail oriented and just wanting to constantly learn at all times, I think it's going to be great for him and, and great for this team. So I'm excited to see what Mapu does when he actually gets to step on the field and out of the non-contact. And um, so that, that's certainly exciting to, to see, even though he wasn't actually playing. Yeah. I, I think that's huge. And usually you just have, you know, uh, another coach doing that on the offensive side, you usually have like your sixth or seventh offensive lineman doing that and stuff. So that, that was big. You know, you see him there gaining all that, you know, knowledge and he's able to bounce stuff off of, you know, Steve, Hey, you know, what, why did, why do you do this? Or, you know, what happened there? That's a great sign right there. And if he's the green dot guy, I think that that is huge because New England's never really had that major linebacker guy. That's, you know, outside of like brewski and stuff like that. They've never really had that. Um, signal caller on the defensive side so to have it be this versatile safety type of guy that's just going to fly around and make plays all over the field which we think mapu is going to be i think kyle duggar can kind of be like that too i just don't know how vocal he really is 
Um, but Mapu seems like he's, you know, invested in it and he wants to be, you know, all in and he's trying to learn it. It, it would have been very easy for him to just kind of be, oh, first preseason game, I'll get in my jersey and just kind of stand there and watch. You know, he's there absorbing with the defensive coordinator, play caller, his position coach. That that was that was encouraging to see. I agree. I'm glad that you mentioned something like that. And you know, that's just kind of a culture thing in New England too. It's you know, they expect guys like that to learn, and there's really no days off, even if it is you're not playing preseason. You're you're going to be getting some sort of mental reps or something. Yeah. So that that was definitely good to see. But um, and anything else on the defense? No, I think it's, it was just you know we expect this defense to be really good, but you don't have Judon. Um, you're not playing Mapu, you're not playing Duggar, you're not playing Phillips. Like Jonathan Jones doesn't play either. It's just th- this defense will be good. And he, oh yeah, you know we had that first interception with the uh, defensive guys when you know Jalen Mills and them were in. Yeah, that's encouraging. And then you know, but th- this will be a good defense. I- I'm excited to watch this team. Um, I don't think defense will be the the downfall of this, season. this team. Yeah, the oh. Achilles heel. I, I don't think that this will be it. So, yeah, you know, giving up 20 points, it's not a lot to Houston and stuff, but I I don't think this is the, this is not as close to what this defense will be um, come game one, and I'm excited. Edward, how's it going? Um, yeah, and also just with how horrendous the offense was, it, the defense is going to let up some points eventually. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, um, But going over to the offense side of the ball, what were what was one of your key takeaways or players, good or bad, that you wanted to touch on for the offense? Yeah, obviously everyone's going to talk about Malik Cunningham, so I'll just start there. He's obviously super intriguing because he could run the ball. Um, do I think that he is going to be the quarterback two on this team? No. Do I think he should be over Trace McSorley? A hundred percent, yes. And he will be a great practice squad type of guy to get us ready for some of these rushing quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. If we play, you know, guys that have the ability to scramble, he will give our defense a great look. So I'm I I'm like he's exciting as can be, but this is also preseason game one going against a pretty bad Houston Texans defense who was down to their third strings. And he really didn't do anything outside of just tucking the ball and running. And we all knew oh, that, that come was his on. strong. You're scene. hating. What about the Trey Nixon pass that he dropped? Come on. That was a dime. <laughs> okay. 35 yards on the run in the bucket. Trey <laughs> dropped in the end zone. That I mean, I mean, it's just give him knew, no credit. Come on. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not bagging on him. Like, I'm just saying we knew this guy was a runner. Like, we knew that this guy made his money and stuff in college off of yeah. running, running the ball. And that's what's exciting about him. Like, do I wish that this guy turned into the next Lamar Jackson? Hell yeah. I think we all do. But I also think that it's kind of unrealistic to assume that Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien are going to carry Mac Jones as quarterback one and and Malik Cunningham as quarterback two. Because if Mac Jones goes down, Malik Cunningham is a totally different type of quarterback. And yeah. so that means he's going to have to change his whole offensive scheme. So it's like, it's like Mac and cam. Like, yeah, it's totally different. Like if you have those two guys, your offense is play calling and what you're going to run changes totally yeah. different. So uh, it was exciting to watch though. And I'm excited to watch him game too. I hope he gets, Absolutely. You know, he, he took he snaps with half. David Andrews today. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would rather see him take every snap over Trace McSorley. And I, I mean, Trace McSorley was a dog in college. Don't get me wrong, but Lee Cunningham has that juice and stuff, and he's going to make some exciting plays. So I hope he gets all the time he can in preseason because it will be really fun for us Patriots fans. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And Edward, I <laughs> I know I'm being, I'm being sarcastic. But, <laughs> um, that was a that was a great throw. 
and I was shocked because everybody was trashing on his arm, like, oh, this guy can only run, he can't throw, and then he drops that dime. But I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean that doesn't mean he can do that anywhere consistently. Like that's what you need to do to be a top quarterback in the league. But um, yeah, I hope we get to see him play more often. Like you said, he took some more serious practice reps uh, with with the offense uh, at quarterback and and not just that wide receiver, but there's no reason that he should be behind Trace McSorley uh, um, at this point. Yeah, He's just, I mean, he's exciting. Like you said, perfect practice squad guy. Like you're prepping for Lamar Jackson or one of these, excuse me, one of these mobile quarterbacks, like give him the ball and, and chase him around. Yep, that's going to, that's going to be perfect for situational football. Exactly. So yeah, I thought he was exciting. Um, anybody else you want to touch on offensively? I thought it was interesting, and I think we knew this, or at least I had mentioned this in the pre-draft or in the post-draft process. Sidney Sal played exclusively right tackle, um, so him bumping out there. He did allow a pressure against Will Anderson, but I think that it was... Um, I think that he will be an option there at right tackle. I don't know if he'll be the best option. You know, obviously, Riley Reef, none of those guys really played and stuff, but he'll be an option at right tackle. And, and I thought, uh, Antonio Moffey was, you know, decent. He, he's just a big, strong, massive dude. He registered a 81, um, 0.2 pass blocking grade, which was one of the highest James Ferentz actually had the best, um, pass blocking grade and stuff. But then again, you know, he's been a career backup center and you kind of expect him to just be solid. He's not going to be David Andrews, but, um, as a whole, the offensive line, not very, <laughs> not very good though. And awful. And it, you know, it, there were individual storylines that intrigued me, but as a whole, the offensive line was not very good. Bailey Zappi had no time. And I didn't think Bailey Zappi had a very strong performance. He was 12 for 14, but for 79 yards, like that's five and a half yards per throw. So he just had no time to throw the ball down the field. And I think you talk about Achilles Hill. We have playmakers, not elite playmakers, but it's going to be the offensive line. And it, Absolutely. You know, obviously this is not the starting offensive line, but you have guys in here that could compete for a starting job because our offensive line is not like truly set. There's a couple positions we see that could have a position battle. And none of these guys really stepped up to be like, Ooh, he might push, you know, um, Connor Mc or not Connor McDermott, Riley Reef for right tackle. You know, it's just, Oh, Sydney Sal bumped out to right tackle. Like they said he was going to. Yeah. So uh, the O line is, is certainly concerning. And like you said, some of these guys are going to be competing for a starting tackle spot. Probably. And this being your depth on the O-line is terrifying, especially with Trent Brown's injury history, the question marks at right tackle, Mike on one who's still on PUP, and then Cole Strange just suited up for practice uh, today, which was good. I know there was no pads, I believe. Um, no, there wasn't. So that was good news. But overall, this, this offensive line looked horrendous, uh, the backups. You just got to hope the starters stay healthy and that they're a heck of a lot better than this because if Mac has this little time, it's going to be a long season. Uh, I'll put it I'll put it that way. Yeah, it, it, it won't be very fun to watch and knock on wood, but whoever's back at quarterback, you're getting hit that much. You're going to have nagging injuries. You saw the uh, quarterback documentary with Kirk Cousins. He dealt with a rib thing all year because he was the most hit quarterback in the league. Like, you just don't want your quarterback one because you can't really have an effective offense, but two, you don't want your quarterback just taking hit after hit week after week. It's that's it, not a how you're going to have this you know team make a playoff push or have a chance to um, get that wild card spot. So, um, Cole, I want to ask you. I think there's a lot of hype around the 
running backs, the second year running backs. We obviously knew Ramondre Stevenson wasn't going to play, but Pierre Strong, Kevin uh, Harris, and you know even a little bit of JJ Taylor. But running game, and this this probably goes into the uh, offensive line struggles. That's what but I was say. running game just not very effective. Pierre Strong six for twenty one yards. Uh, Kevin Harris eight for ten yards. JJ Taylor four for four yards. Um, and then Pierre Strong did have three receptions. JJ Taylor had two. Um, but the leading rusher was Malik Cunningham. So, what were your thoughts on kind of those second? Um, what were your thoughts on kind of those second year running backs? And you know, hopefully, this running game is better preseason game too. But what were your thoughts on that? It's really hard to evaluate them with how poorly the offensive line played and having just no semblance of an offense and some consistency and strung together drives. But one thing I did think was that on a couple of those pass plays, it looked like Pierre Strong was trying to do a little too much. Uh, where if he would have been a little more I don't know I think if he would have just taken what was there he had an opportunity to make one guy miss and take a three yard gain to a 20 yard gain to a 15 yard gain whatever uh and I thought that he was he was overthinking it a little too much um I thought Kevin Harris looked fine I thought Pierre Strong looked fine I I didn't think either of them really stood out I still think we should sign a running back I still think Zeke would be a great option that that hasn't changed uh so I really don't feel any differently than I did before. And I don't think we really have enough information to feel much different one way or another based on just how bad the offensive line was this, this game. Yeah. And I still have all the faith in the world that Pierre strong can be a very good running back. Cause he has that elite quickness acceleration. Kevin Harris is probably going to be, you know, a short yardage goal line back. He runs very hard. I, I agree with you. I think you need to look at bringing in Zeke, or Leonard Fournette, whoever that is, because these guys still aren't ready to be a running back too. Last year, you had Damian Harris to spell Ramondre Stevenson or vice versa. Obviously, towards the end of the year, it was Ramondre running back one and then Damian Harris running back two, but you don't have someone to spell Ramondre Stevenson this season. So if one, if Ramondre gets hurt or two, if Ramondre gets tired or you don't want to play him all three downs, we don't have that running back two that has experience. And even Ramondre is a young running back. So, you know, getting a guy like Zeke in here, no, he's not going to make this offense great, but he's going to be able to take, what, probably 100 carries uh, in the season, maybe more. You know, hopefully, best case scenario, he has four or five rushing touchdowns and Ramondre gets 10 plus or something. Who knows? But you got to have a guy in here just to protect yourself in case Ramondre does get hurt or if, you know, he needs a break in games and stuff. Because from what I've seen so far, I don't think Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris can handle it. I think they can develop into it and they'll probably get a good amount of reps this year. But if one of those guys are your running back twos throughout the whole season, it's a little iffy because it's one snap away from Pierre or Pierre strong being running back one and Kevin Harris being running back two. And I mean, they can be good, but I don't think they're going to be consistent. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think, I just don't think you want to have that much of a workload on Ramondre and have that much pressure on him to stay healthy. And it, it, it's a running back. He he's going to get banged up eventually if you put that many carries on him. So having a guy like you said, like Zeke, to spell him or Fournette, I think would be certainly important um, to this team. So I like that for sure. Um, I got one more thing I want to touch on the offense. Do you have anything else you want to mention? No. I'll mention something else, but it might be what you say. So go ahead. Does it involve a late round receiver? No. It. it Revolves around a receiver, but go ahead. This is a good thing to talk about. Okay, so one thing that I thought was interesting was Demario Douglas. The yeah. lack of snaps for him. 
two snaps on offense mm-hmm. and a couple punt return or was it one or two punt returns where he didn't return anything he just was a fair catch yeah i think that's very telling that pretty much a lock yeah he is going to be on this roster and that they think he's going to be a contributor because if they thought he needed to see they needed to see more from him he would have been playing in there like a lot of the other guys but he's clearly shown enough where they don't want to risk him getting hurt or don't feel like he needs to be in with that group and he should be working with the starters and Mac Jones and all those guys. So I think that's huge. I think that that definitely means that Demario Douglas is on his way to making this roster and maybe being a contributor on this football team and on this offense, which is exciting because he has certainly popped so far during training camp. And and I think that I'm super excited to see him in some live game reps and see if it translates from all the one-on-ones where he's undefeated and hasn't nobody's been able to cover him to on the football field. I'm hoping it, I'm hoping it shows the same on there because he's, he's been electric in training camp. Yeah, for sure. I it's, it's pretty much an ear lock. And I still think new England should keep six receivers. Um, Evan Lazar put out a post 53 man uh, roster prediction, which I think at some point we'll kind of get into ours um, once it gets a little bit closer, but he has them only keeping five. He has a uh, Kayshawn Booty being cut, which I can see it going both ways. Booty was not. I mean, he had two receptions for seven yards. He he caught a screen pass and was immediately hit. And um, but he did play a good amount of reps. So it'll be hopefully he can, you know, have a role in preseason game two. It's going to be hard if Bailey Zappi has no time to throw the ball. And we all know Malik Cunningham probably is not going to be the guy to give him six receptions for 80 yards. I did think he had good straight line speed. He looked like yeah. there were a couple times he was threatening down the field. I just, I feel like if you cut Kayshawn Booty, there's no way you get him back on the practice squad. I think he goes somewhere else. And that to me is enough to keep him and just see what he is. See, you know, what the, what he can develop into. Cause he was that true elite receiver at LSU his first couple of years. If you can figure out, you know, his health issues, which I don't think are really a problem right now. And then his attitude stuff. I think he can be a very good receiver one day. And so I, I'm kind of keeping an eye on him. The one I wanted to bring up, Tyquan Thornton, had a really good catch down the sideline. But I still think that he's – he well, obviously, with DeMario Douglas not playing any reps, I think that he's kind of wide receiver five on this team right now. And DeMario Douglas might have passed him for wide receiver four. But I was going to say, you, you saw a little bit of that, you know, that length that – we know he has and some of that speed getting off the line of scrimmage and Bailey's happy hit him. He went up, made a great catch right there for what? 27 yards. I believe 25, 26, whatever it was. So I, I, I like what I saw out of him, but I wish we would have seen more out of uh Kayshawn booty just a little bit, you know, give him a chance throwing the ball down the field. Cause I, I really think that he has an, a shot to be a really good player for us. Yeah. I definitely want, I want, him to show some flashes to where they believe in him and, and keep six on the roster because I don't know. You don't get guys like potential. You don't get guys that have that much potential very often Yeah, for that value. Yep. It's worth a shot. So I know they gave him a shot by, by taking him and bringing him here, but I don't know. I, I hope he shows some flashes because they could certainly use a receiver that has the talent that he has. He's just got to put it together. So um, and as far as Taekwondo goes, yeah, that's what it looks like. Demario Douglas gets two snaps, and they feel like they've seen enough from him. Taekwon gets twenty-something snaps, or whatever it was. 
I know he did make that great catch. Those are it's good to see him make that because he he hasn't been making those as much. He's been kind of dropping some of those in training camp. But I don't know. It's a second round guy you really hope would be coming along faster than he has. And seeing him drop to maybe fifth on the depth chart for receivers, not great, not great at all. So I'm hoping I'm hoping he puts it together too. But um, we'll see where that train goes. Yeah. I mean, he looked promising when he first came off of his collarbone injury. He had that touchdown against Cleveland. Or he had two, right? He had two against Cleveland. I yeah, for, not for like 13 yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were really short touchdowns again. But um, again, he, he's, he has that straight line speed that no one else has in the receiver room. It just has not quite got going yet. So the one other guy I wanted to mention, and he's kind of in the uh, um, special teams category, Bryce Berenger is got this punting thing on lock right like yeah. 62 yard long two inside the 20 he did have a touchback but he averaged 50 yards on four punts like yeah he, he's got that he's got that on lock yeah oh so. that's yeah I, I think that competition's over yeah i think it's i think it's been over for uh ever since the past i think you've been hearing a lot of stuff come out the past week about him at camp and and how he's been just rocketing balls so uh yeah i, th- I think he's certainly got the spot one thing that's interesting um the kicker situation I just I wonder what yeah. they do. I've heard some people talk about keeping two kickers. That that would be interesting. One for kickoff and have have Folk be more of the the field goal guy. But what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the kicker situation as a whole? I, I well, obviously we know Chad Ryland has the leg. Like he's going to be booming kickoffs into the end zone. Unlike Nick Folk's going to be, he struggled with accuracy. So that concerns me a little, just because of how bad our offense was in the red zone last year. It, if we're not getting three points at least in inside the 40, it's going to be very bad for this offense. So if, if there's still that concern, because there's no way they cut him and he gets back on practice squad, like this guy will get picked up so dang fast. So <laughs> if that's what it has to be, I'm not against it because you have to have a good kicker. I just, I wish that they were, they had enough faith in Chad Ryland to go in and, you know, say he's going to be, 95 90 95% within 40 and then he's going to be you know 60% with it or outside of 50 that would be ideal but I don't know how it's going to be again but I don't know if I can watch another season of Nick Folk doing kickoffs because it was abysmal and it made me want to throw up and I almost just turned the tv off every time we were on kickoff because that's how bad it was so here's a question for you then two kickers or six wide receivers six wide receivers okay that's right. It's it's hard, but six wide receivers. If if that's what it comes down to, um, if you're taking six wide receivers and two kickers, which I don't think you really can do, you look at where they take from. Do they maybe they only take three running backs and you don't sign one? Now it's Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong, um, Ramondre. But then again, that's really scary. So I I don't I don't I would rather keep six receivers um, and give Booty or Keishon Booty a chance. So yeah, like Ashton says here. He, you get him as early as you did in the draft. You, you got to give this kid a shot and you got to hope yeah. that it works out because you don't take a kid that high if you're not pretty sure that he's he's going to be able to do it. So, yeah, um, you know, I also think Booty has a better chance of impacting the future of this team than Nick Folk, who's yeah. 95 years old and can't <laughs> kick him more than 40 yards anymore. He might so, walk out there with an oxygen tank this year. Who knows? I, I mean, yeah, he might. It was funny we, at training camp or whatever. He wasn't kicking field goals his kids, he had three kids out there that were kicking field goals afterwards and he was like catching them and throwing it back. But so it looks like he's trying to raise a few more 
few more kickers in the uh, pipeline coming up for the Patriots. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much, I think, all my thoughts um, on the preseason game. I'm interested to see how week two goes. Packers on Saturday. I'm hoping we get to see some more starters contribute maybe for at least a quarter, just so we can kind of get a taste of what this is going to look like. I know they're not going to be throwing out the full arsenal, but just getting to see some starters back in uniform and on the field playing football is going to be super exciting. So I I hope we get to see that. Yeah, that would be just like two or three drives. But then again, I say that. And as soon as they get taken out, I'm going to be pissed. Gosh, come on and stuff. But I want to see four quarters, but then it's like, (laughs) Oh, I don't want them to get hurt. (laughs) Exactly. So I, I hope, you know, we get to see a little bit of Mac. I, I don't know how, I hope Mapu comes. Have you heard a timeline on him? Like, are we going to see him at all in the preseason? I don't know. I he I still don't think he's out of non-contact, is he? No, I, I don't think he is either. No, I, I'd be surprised if we see him. Probably not this week, I would say for sure. But you're hoping maybe preseason game number three. Yeah, I would love to see Mapu flying around, um, you know, playing in that Cal Duggar role in preseason and just seeing what an impact he makes. Um Excited to continue to watch Keon White. I wonder if they eventually start to limit his snaps just because of how good he was and how good I think he's going to be. Um, but, you know, it would be fun to watch Demario Douglas because I think a lot of people have heard how good he's been and they've maybe seen a couple clips. But I, I want to see that separation. I want to see that, you know, in person and yeah, uh, working against a real defense. I don't think that's really going to happen. The, the one guy I'd have my eyes on that I'm going to continue to watch is Keishon Booty. I think that he's going to continue to get reps and he's going to have a chance to make this roster. Don't know how it's going to be. And then I think the running backs are interesting too, because I do believe that they're probably looking to sign one, but maybe Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris really just break out these next two games and you believe that they can be one of them. So those would be one of the those would be the two guys I'm watching, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball and you know, hoping we see a little bit more out of them. Yeah, I think I think those are certainly guys to watch and uh the kicker situation as well is one to keep an eye on. So um you got anything else in the game you want to touch on? No. No, I think I'm excited. What we have joint practices with the Packers this week too. I believe so. Yeah, so we'll we'll get a little bit of stuff like that. Maybe we'll try to do a live on Thursday or Friday before because the game's Saturday. So maybe we'll try to come in with some joint practice stuff. Um, and you know, then obviously we'll try to get back on here Sunday night or something for uh, the Packers preseason game too. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, comment, share the podcast with everyone. Um, use code Patriots Drive at um underdog let's see i think i have an overlay for this boom oh sorry <laughs> no you're good patriots drive right here underdog is doing their best ball mania five right here or four sorry they have 15 million in total prizes with um five million going to first place so 25 dollars entry fee no season long management make sure you use code pats drive um either at underdogfantasy.com the app store or you can click the link in our bio and you know that helps support the channel so we appreciate that um but anything else i, I think i'm good and Excited to watch another week of Patriots joint practices and postseason football. Yeah, I mean, the joint practices usually mean more than the preseason games. So what we hear coming out of these joint practices, I think, will be big because that's when they kind of play more of the starters, it seems like, and get some serious reps and into good work. And so we'll see how those go. We'll keep you guys updated, I'm sure, and and to hop on here at least this weekend um, to kind of go over all, all this week during the Packers and, and the Packers preseason game as we'll all be watching. So yeah, I'm excited. We're, we're getting closer every, every single week that goes by. We're one week closer to kickoff. So I am, uh, I'm certainly excited, but thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Uh, we appreciate it and we will see you guys next week. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Patriots Drive Podcast. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things New England Patriots. Make sure you tune into the next episode and check out PatriotsDrive.com for more great content. Having your own to Cincinnati. 